Disclaimer. AFL players, coaches, and umpires are professionals. The hilarious remarks and nicknames said in this podcast are not intended to be offensive in any way. Listener discretion is advised. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. All right, this is the Cousins AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Keebs, coach of the Super Subs, and I'm here with my cousin, Jados. Coach of the Flanders Flog Squad. The Flanders Flog Squad? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I was going to call him the Flog Squad, and then I just wanted a bit of alliteration in there. You added Flanders in. Flanders. What relevance does that have? None, but he had a massive game in the twos this week. He did. He did. <laughs> That's he did. the relevance. Okay. How did uh how did Fife go this week, mate? I don't want to talk about Fife. <laughs> he doesn't exist. He's dead to me. You brought him in. Yeah, I was actually gonna go with For his 47. I was gonna go with KFNL. So no Fife. No as in and yeah, then, know him with a K. Yeah, and then no life. No life with an N. Yeah. Yeah. That was gonna be my team name, but I thought it might be a little bit confusing. But we've we've said it anyway. <laughs> what a start to the podcast tonight. Oh, I'm in a goofy mood. It's going to be a funny one. I'm I'm certain. I think it honestly is time though to change the team name, mate. Surely <laughs> this this after this latest betrayal, the betrayal of your trust, it's it's got to go. Yeah, it's well, got to change. I, I'm going to come up with a new team name every week, and if there's something I really like and it really resonates with, it? with the boys, like they bounce back, they're like, "Yeah, mate, we're 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 vibing with this name." It might stick. The mission is still on to get you to change it by the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. I'm open. I'm open to change now. I think. I think that was <laughs> this, maybe this week. That was maybe it. the problem. You know, like I was so cold and so just like closed off to any idea of change. But now I feel like I'm, I'm an open book. I'm open heart. I'm ready to make some changes in my life. All right, man. And that could start with the team name. Okay. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready for you to change your team name. Yeah. All right. Great. Awesome. How did you go this week? <laughs> That's enough of me. <laughs> Not too bad, mate. I scored 1838, which was probably slightly under par. Um, I'm ranked 11,565. So I did slide down slightly this week. It is a bit disappointing because it looked like I was on again, but sort of butchered my my captain a little bit. <laughs> It sure did. Look, 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 I stand by what I did. I think the choice that I made wasn't bad, but the choice that I didn't make, which was to Captain Taranto, was horrible. Everyone should just perma VC, perma C, Timmy T, every week. He won't let you down. I Yeah. yeah. I took it off him. We're going to get into I'm a little man. bit of a captain discussion later on but you've had you've had a solid week i think did you go up in rank what's your rank no i dropped slightly so i'm oh, 11565 okay off the right. top that's like a few hundred spots back from last week yeah it's a little bit disappointing i yeah i thought i was going to go up this week but i was sort of let down a little bit on saturday night and most of today we are recording on a sunday um but yeah not too bad i'm looking good for for the upcoming week though so great there's that's still time good. that's really good you know what? I haven't actually even looked at my score yet. Tell us, please. I, I, no, I, no, come on. All right, I'll check now. I, so I'll, I'll we, find it we for were, the listeners. It was bad. That that's what I know. We I was 
I wasn't even on 1600 yet. And it was like halfway through the third quarter of that last game we were watching together. And I was like, I just don't want to look. I don't want to know. But I'm going to have a look now. Okay, 1685. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> didn't didn't make it to 1700. Unfortunately not. And, oh, yeah, the rank. I'm still ahead of you. I'm at 11. Just. Yeah, one, 11,174th. It's been a rough year so, for the Cousins, hasn't oh, it? Oh, man, I had I had the shittest week this week. Like, none of... None of my players rocked up. Like, it's it's comical how bad they were. I don't even know, mate. I don't know where to start. But, yeah, I dropped, what, three and a half thousand? Yeah, not good. Terrible. Right, well, but I did, I did know this was always going to be my worst week, and I'm set up well for the final week. So I'm hoping I can move up a little bit in the last round. Yeah, same. Seeing as though we've started off on a negative note. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. I'm doing my best. Do you want to tell us who your flog is, mate? Oh, yes. Great idea. All right. My flog. Doom on you. Doom on you. Doom on you. It's Jack Steele. What an absolute flog, mate. That is the sound of the mob coming after him after his 60 points. Big man thinks he's a heroic captain by playing out there with a knee issue and apparently an Achilles issue. It's not heroic if you're making your team worse. He had five kicks, went at 62%, sort of playing on a wing, doing nothing. Solid. He, <laughs> no, look, he, he's, he's a piece of shit, mate. What are you doing? He, he actually, not to discredit you, but he actually had lots of CBAs, 20 for the game. Yeah, he had like second most, right? Yeah, yeah behind Windhager. Um, but those those are Jack Steel conditions. It was in the wet. He should be thriving in and under, feeding it out. Lots of tackles. Pathetic effort. Absolutely pathetic. I took a little bit of a risk on him two weeks ago, coming off the bye. I thought, I mean, he played before the bye, right? And I thought he just needs like a little rest. He'll be cherry ripe. But no, apparently he just wants to play through injury. Just. Yeah, it's a weird one. I thought so too. He even featured in my bold prediction from last week, which I, I will be retracting <laughs> due to the the news that was already uh, it was already happening. The injury, but the news didn't actually come out until midway through this. There week. are no retractions. There is a retraction. It's no, happening. You have to wear that. No, nah, I'm not wearing it. Hey, if, I- if he was already injured and they already knew the information before I made my prediction, and then they said it after the prediction. I'm retracting it, hundred percent. No, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> I'll tell you about my flog. All right, first. We'll circle back to this discussion. I'll tell you about my flog first, and this might be a bit of a controversial one. But Will Ashcroft, seventy-one. That's not good enough, mate. I held you through your buy because you had a soft draw coming through the rest of the buys. I expected at least eighties, hopefully nineties. This game, I thought possibly a ton up back at home. Nah. 71, scored a 74 last week. It's just not good enough, mate. Get Seriously, improve your form. I don't want passengers like this on the subs anymore. This is his last week on the subs. Maybe it's my fault for holding a rookie for too long, but the, the signs that he showed earlier in the year, I just I need more from you, mate. It's not good enough. <laughs> I, I just think that's, a, yeah, that's just a poor, poor effort out of flog. <laughs> What do you mean? It's a rookie that scored 70. What do you expect? Yeah, a rookie who was averaging 87 three weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, but and he's back to still, back, back, to still back a rookie nonetheless. When he averages 102 at the Gabba. Mine is a primo that scored a 60 
pathetic. Mate, it's not it's not it's a competition. It's not a competition. Yours should be who, worse than mine. Who can feel yours is pathetic. Who can feel worse for the other person? <laughs> I don't feel I don't feel bad for you, dog. But I tell you who I I tell you who I do. Actually, I feel bad for both of us because we both own Bailey Smith, who, yeah, who he deserves, deserves he deserves it. He who, should be a flog. I, I actually I thought you were gonna take him. That's why I took Ashcroft to be honest. Uh-huh. But he deserves an absolute bait. We sat through that game and watched today. Him score two points in one quarter against North Melbourne. What a disgusting effort, Baz. Are you serious, mate? Four weeks in a row now that he hasn't turned up. He's got a 60 and a 70 in that. What? What? I captained him. I captained him for a 67. I thought he was back, mate. I thought he was back. I thought he was early last year back and just just. Crap stuff. We've guys. been bevoed so hard. Like as soon as Trelaw came back, nah, he's he's been so cooked. He's on the chopping block for both of us as well. He's out. Week. He's out. he's already out of my team. Lockout literally just lifted. The first thing I did was get rid of him. Yeah, sick of seeing his face. Yeah, he's like he actually was already on my never again list before I got him four weeks ago. Now he's officially on my never again list, and he's staying there. I hate Bailey Smith. You're man. gonna have to make. You're gonna have to actually make a list. Yeah. I yep. want to see names. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the listeners want to see it too. I'm going to print them out. We're actually let's stick them on the walls here. It's funny, at we, Cousins HQ. We'll do it, mate. We did have a bit of a whinge on Twitter today about a couple Suns players, which was fine. <laughs> we did, <laughs> which was fine. It's been a bit of a whingy day. Yeah. All right, so let's let's try and get a bit positive, huh? Let's move on to our hogs for this week. <laughs> Who's your hog? All right, I have. I've had this penciled in. All weekend from from Friday night, actually well, from from Friday night and also from Saturday night because I've gone for the double hog this week and it's the two rookies, well one rookie and one almost rookie that I traded in Sheldrick and Windhager for their eighty two and eighty five respectively. That is the type of stuff you want to see from cheap players over the buy rounds. It just set the tone for the rest of the team. It made sure that my bottom scores were. Nice and high. I think the worst score I caught was a 60, 66 from Stewart, which is still frustrating. But if these guys were bad, I would have copped, you know, 40s and 30s. So shout out to them for carrying the team for the weekend um, and both just being absolute prime cash cows now. Out of all the the players I could have traded in, they were the two best. So excellent. Good on you. Yeah. Fantastic. My hog for this week, it goes to the one and only Tim Taranto. Now, I wanted to give it to someone else because everyone has Tim Taranto. Everyone knows how great he is. We've been pumping him up every week. But I had a look through my team. He was the only player to crack one. Actually, no, English did as well at the, right at the very oh. end of the week. But I was like, when I was looking through this afternoon to try and get ready for the pod, I was like, mate, as if Taranto is my only player to crack 115. Can you believe that? But Taranto, genuine pig tendencies, 95 point second half. Absolute genuine dead set, A-grade, certified beast. And yet every week you piggyback me against captaining him. It's you not negative, my fault. You negatively not my fault. influence. No, who I chose to captain is not your fault, but who I didn't captain is your, is your fault. No, it's not. 100%. Every week. No, you call you me. Are not, you call me. You are not man, doing this on the pod man, right now. I don't want to captain Toronto because the week that I do it will be the week that he plays bad. He's the man, mate. No more, no more captain calls before before games start. I think we need to just not talk to each other about captains during the week ever. Yeah, everything ever else is good except captains. Yeah, we we'll just terrible. eliminate that because terrible. 
It's it's not the captains are not going well at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to our hot bakes. Hot bakes. Do you want to kick us off this week? I will kick us off this week, mate. I've actually got two hot bakes. One is a very very light bake. I'll start with that, and then I'll rev up rev up the the oven. But the first the first light bake is to a man that I'm calling the Wang Mill, Zaya Wangadine Miller. <laughs> he was great in the first half. He actually got injured, did a knee, came back on, spent like 10 minutes on the bench, came back on, 58 points in the first half. At halftime, I was up and about. I was like, yeah. Then the rain comes, the weather comes. He only gets to his 75. I could accept it because he's an outside player, not suited to those conditions. I was like, you know what? He showed enough in the first half for me to be content in rolling with him. I brought him in this week. But then with about two minutes left in the game, decides to absolutely clobber Dan Rioli. And I tell you what, the, the news has come out. He didn't get suspended, so that's good. But the, the amount of sweat <laughs> is emanating from me in the last 24 hours awaiting, awaiting the outcome of that was just unnecessary. So NWM, Nwum, the Wang Mill, don't do shit like that, mate. It's so <laughs> unnecessary. Just don't be a dog. And the proper bake. I've got a quote here from Rick Flair, the one and only, and it's that fatigue makes cowards of us all. Todd Goldstein, man. <laughs> Tim English is having an average game, right? An average game. I think he was on like 68 or, you know, low 70s at three-quarter time. And then Goldie, in a two-minute and 32-second patch, let English score 27 points, take two contested marks, kick a snag, rack up handballs, get clearances. Defend, mate. What are you doing? Letting Tim English jog forward uncontested inside 50? That is shit, mate. That's a shit effort. You want a one-year contract, Goldie? No, mate. You're an old man. Get out of the league. You can't be letting the best, one of the best players in the comp get uncontested marks inside 50. When your team is still in the game, frankly, that's a disgusting effort, Goldie. Fatigue made you a coward this week. And people, don't be like Goldie. Just don't do it. Don't be a coward. Don't get fatigued. Try and just that's all you need to do. Try. Don't let people run all over you, you big sloppy dog. Oh, <laughs> it sloppy pissed, dog. Pissed me off, mate. Oh, hilarious. I, I really thought English was going to go another low ton this <clears> week and I was going to be laughing and I'm not laughing. I'm laughing at Goldie's lack of effort. <laughs> All right, my Flop. hot bake. My hot bake for this week. I think the whole fantasy community will get behind me on this one, and that is Horse Longmire. It's directed at Horse Longmire for giving Gus Sheldrick fifty-five percent tog. He was actually sitting at solid tog. He was best on ground in the third quarter. He had seven disposals. He had kicked two snags, like two really awesome snags that got the Swans back in the game in that third quarter. He's getting clearances. He's bursting effort. through packs. He was chopping up and then genuinely he played about four minutes of game time in that last quarter what is going on there mate he you need to get your team back in the game and you take the guy who's a red hot and just sit him sit him off for the rest of the game what's going on there that's pathetic i mean you pumped up gus before because he still had an amazing game he was really good he had impact his job security looks great now good score for all of us but horse leave him on the ground man what yeah this is 
two games now where Sheldrick has absolutely dominated but played around 50% tog. Just give him more minutes, man. Even oh, – yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me either. Even if his tank is small, the guy's dominating. He had seven clearances last week, kicks two snags this week, and is just being a beast. He, he easily could have not, you know, won the game off his own boot, but could have impacted the game enough for them to win. Well, they had momentum. <sighs> yeah, frustrating. I yeah. feel the same way, mate. Yeah, it's it's just annoying. I don't know. It's obviously like a pre-planned thing to manage his minutes, but like when he's running hot, man, just leave him out there. Let him do his thing. I think we've all seen enough now to know the guy's going to be an absolute beast. Yeah. An absolute beast. Yeah. And I own him in keeper. Good on you. Kudos to me. <laughs> all right, I've got one more hot bake actually, and it's to you. For captaining Briggs. Briggs is the man. <laughs> we talked about your captain choice before, but we didn't actually reveal who that's, it was. Yeah, but I'm revealing it right now. now. You captain Briggs, and I'm baking you for it. Man. Oath, I know man. I know. we're playing basketball at this point in the season. We're taking risks. We're swinging for the fences. But you captained a guy who's never cracked 120 in his whole career over Tim Taranto, who's averaging who was at that point averaging 123. Mate, Taranto was my captain until you called me in the afternoon. I don't know if I should captain Taranto or not. I don't want I don't want your negativity did directed not, towards me. I you did negatively not influence my Briggs. captain choices and then bake me for them on the pod. And hey, I'm going to explain to our listeners why I captain Briggs. Because the man was averaging 103, but he was building nicely. Coming up against... <laughs> Luke Jackson. He's building nicely. That's why he captained him. Shut up, Matt. I'm not done. Coming up against Luke Jackson, who he's too much man for. That was proved to be correct because Big Briggsy dominated the game. Played like an absolute beast. He's got a 130 in SC. I know this is not SC, but it is an example of how well he played. He smashed it, mate. He almost, he was like a split second away from taking a contested mark on the goal line. Would have been a goal. He had a shot on goal touched. It was almost a big game from Briggsy, and I stand by it because it only lost me 16 points from my VC, which was dunks. The other option was Ron Marshall, who only scored, what, four points more than Briggs? That's all right, mate. I'm, I'm happy with Briggs. Briggs is the man. I'm not unhappy that I captained him. I'm just unhappy <laughs> that I didn't captain Taranto. So I could equally bake you <laughs> because you also didn't captain Taranto. But at, at no point... Should Briggs have ever crossed your mind as a captain option? How many more points did your captain score than mine? Eight. No, what did Briggs score? I've got Romar as well, though, and Briggs. So four points. What did what did Briggs score? I think 97. Yeah. And what, what did Romar score? Like 105. You're lying. Oh, no, 103. You're 103. lying. It was Six points. 103. Six points. So that's what I missed out on. Six points compared to yours. I'm not. I'm not wearing this bake, mate. Briggs is the six big points, and I enjoyed watching the big man get it done with the C. I was messaging our group all day, just getting around Briggsy. It made me feel good in my soul. That's the that's the kind of energy that the rest of the subs need. So I gave. It wasn't uh, uh, the choice that I made. It wasn't because. I thought Briggsy was going to drop like a 130 or 140. It's because the rest of the boys needed to look up to someone who's going to show them how to do it properly. And Briggsy did that this week. And you wait the upcoming week and for the rest of the year, bounce back is on. And it's all because Briggs showed the boys how to get it done. All right. Fine. I'll hold you to that. I hope Please he drops do. a stinker. I hope he drops a stinker. He's incapable of playing badly, mate. <laughs> all right. We'll see. We shall see. Let's move on to our next segment. We have the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
All right, so the good, the bad, the ugly is our little round review where we nominate a player for each category for the round that's just gone. Now, for me this week, I'm nominating Marcus Bontempelli as my good. Now, Brownlow Bont has officially arrived, and it's just sad that I don't own him, man. We've both been Marcus Bontempelli fans from way back. Um I was super keen on him in the preseason. I pumped him up as a pod for my pod merchants. And get this, cuz. In his last nine rounds, he's averaging 121.4. That's insane. And if you take out... That is insane. If you take out Clayton Oliver, because he obviously hasn't played for like three rounds, four rounds, Marcus Bontempelli is now the number three player in the competition. Goes Tim Taranto, Tim English, and now the Bont. Yep. How nuts is that, man? Feels like a miss, doesn't it? Huge miss. What He scored a 158. Sorry, I don't think I said that before, but that is absolutely enormous. Yeah, huge miss. He's a beast, Bont. All right, my good for this week is Cogs. He's been solid all year. He's not getting as much love as he deserves, I think. He's quite clearly a top six forward, but 110 this week. It was nice to just get a solid ton from the man and appreciate what he's been doing for the year. Has has his week off now, so well-deserved rest, Cogs. 110. Good stuff. Very, very good stuff. I saw a tweet from Selby the other day talking about, you know how in the preseason we were all keen on like the five kind of underpriced value primo forwards? Yeah. Did you see Selby's tweet? I did not see Selby's well, tweet. Well, if you look at the top five forwards now, bang, yeah. all five of Taranto, those Taranto, Dunks, Gordon, Rose, Cogs. Yeah. yeah, and I think they're all averaging over 100 now at this point. So yep, it are. basically justifies every single one of them as a pick. Um, so that's pretty cool to see that. It's like eventually things sort of slowly balance out. Cogs is – I expected more from Cogs, to be honest. I, I have been a bit of a hater this year. Like, you have – the thing is, is that I chose him instead of Rosie, and Rosie has been a much better value pick. Like they're averaging the same. In fact, Rosie's averaging Sli- one point more. slightly more. Yeah, yeah. You say much better. I don't think it's much better. Just no, but it was like one hundred and forty k or something between them at the start of the year. Yeah, but Cogs Cogs has been solid. He's been fine. He, he's had an underrated year. He he actually has put a a small amount of value on his price, which is kind of funny, for like f- for the entire year. Yeah. But- I'm happy with his 110. Yeah. Shout, yeah, out, shout out to Cogs for being, being a solid too. man. All right. My bad for this week. I'm nominating Zach Butters for his 77. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is good. Good for the sanity as a non-owner. And honestly, <laughs> when all the, there was all this talk about him getting injured, like right was, at the start of the game. There and was, I was all like, this talk. You, <laughs> you specifically said... He would get injured on 54 in the second quarter with an, with an ankle and get subbed out. <laughs> I'm, ta- I'm still taking that as a win. No. <laughs> no, the no. sight is real. It's not. The sight. That's a chat for later anyway. Uh, but it, it, was, yeah, it was bad effort from Butters. You'd be flat if you're an owner. You know what? So I just have one more thing I wanted to add to this. Like, So he was bad. And like as a non-owner, it, it's nice that he finally didn't you know, drop a 120. Um, but he still only scored one point less than Bailey Smith. Of course. It's depressing. Baz is just so shit, man. Yeah. All right, let's move on. <laughs> My bad this week. I've grouped two players together and I've gone with Johnson and Fife for their 37 and 47. Two Freo guys that a lot of people were keen on because they play through the buyers, but Johnson got subbed out, just attack sub, had a bit of a corky. 
Fife was just bad. And yeah, if you jumped on either, you'd be pretty flat, especially if you did it this week. Looks like Johnson might not be safe in the team anymore because Freo have some young mids that could come in. Um, and yeah, Fife I don't think is going to score enough points. So I'm glad that you didn't you didn't let me make my bold prediction last week. <laughs> um, yeah, just bad stuff from these two. It's terrible. And I'm an owner of both of them. Flat. Yeah, very flat. All right, my ugly for this week, Jack Zebel for his 59, and I'm an owner of Zebes as well. 11 points in the second half. Dude, that's not how you want your primo to bring it home when you're having the worst round of this, like of the season. Bad stuff from Zebes. I'm glad I traded. All right, my ugly this week. This is kind of a talking point as well. Um, so I guess it it might kind of segue us into our next segment. But I've gone with Gold Coast and Geelong together, just all of their players, because these two teams were spoken about as like the premium buy target teams because they were the only two on the buy last week. The highest score from both teams this week was Anderson with 100. The next highest was 91. So no one dropped, you know, decent scores throughout the buyers. Stewart dropped a 66. There was popular options dropping bad scores. A few people brought in Mitch Duncan. He dropped a 70. Like, it was just bad stuff all around from both of these two teams. And I think it's kind of a lesson for us all going forward not to target players from teams just because of their buy. I mean, I brought in Anderson specifically for that buy. I chose him over Zeret, who I was more keen on but I just wanted my buy structure to be solid. And that has been a massive, just a massive miss to date. Any Geelong and Gold Coast players that you owned this week, you know, basically were disappointing. Like all the popular options dropped bad scores. Fiorini was bad. Atkins was bad. Don't, just don't target players specifically because of their team on a specific buy round. Because it just, it didn't go well this year. It was actually just horrible, horrible stuff. Yeah, that's a really great point. I think that's a lesson that we can all take from the buy rounds this year. I mean, hopefully, maybe next year, if, if it's the same way that they do the buys, hopefully they have some more relevant teams <laughs> that have the single buy round. Yeah, there's a couple of players with, with slightly more ownership than you'd think as well. Like Jez's ownership is almost 8%. He dropped a 30 this week. Raul dropped an 80. Like Humphrey dropped a 75. That's a solid score. But beyond that, it's just poor stuff. So yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, they do have some some better teams on those buyers next year because this year it was probably the two worst teams possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so that wraps up. That wraps up. Wraps up. <laughs> I can't speak tonight, mate. I'm in all sorts. That wraps up the good, the bad, and the ugly for this week, and we are going to move straight on to the Knights of the Round Table. <laughs> All right, so for our Knights of the Round Table discussion this week, it feels like we have quite a lot to discuss. We've got a lot of players' <laughs> names written down we've, for this week. We've got quite a lot. Um, the first thing that we wanted to do, we were discussing it like today and yesterday, just how it feels that we have been sucking at captains all year. And so Keeves decided to do a bit of stat digging just to see, you know, how we've actually gone with our captain selections. And he's actually 
gone and dug up the stats for every single one of our mates that's in our league <laughs> and just compared the two of us to them just to see if, you know, see how we compare to them and like how many points we might have gained or lost by our captain strategy. Because I think as a whole, the two of us were pretty aggressive with our captain picks. Like our line is very strictly 115. If it's less than that, we usually don't take it. And we, we love a risky captain for some reason. Like I, I'm always chasing a guy with a big ceiling versus a guy that's more consistently, you know. Yeah, I've I've made a lot of risky captain picks this year. I wouldn't even say strictly 115 because there's been times where I've had players score over 115. I haven't even taken it. There was once for me. Which There was once. For which me. I'm now realizing is utter stupidity. So <laughs> I did delve into the stats and what I did was I wrote down all our captain scores and then all our VC scores. And I basically tried to find what would be the optimal VC line for like each person in our group. Um, and so well, I, why, don't, why don't you start by saying what the two of us have averaged for our captains this year? Yeah. So this year, my captains, Keebs' captains have averaged 107.7. Your captains, Jados, have averaged 110.1. So we're both in that, you know, around the 110 mark which is just low for captains. One of our friends, Harry, shout out to Harry, is just an absolute captain wizard. His captains this year have averaged 126.2. That it's is very impressive. It is, it is very impressive. Um, But yeah, for everyone that I went through in our league, I found the optimal line. So I used 105, 110, and 115 to see which was the best. And I found the optimal line for a VC score to take was 105 plus which at first sounds quite low, but I guess it's just the insurance you get from not having the risk of taking like absolutely crap captain scores because we've all copped 70s from captains this year. Our mate Bryson, shout out to Bryson, has copped a 50 from Laird in round one. Um, Yeah, but I mean, so a 105 line would have saved me 86 points on the year, you 77 points on the year, Harry, who's the best in our league, it still would have saved him five points this year, which is not, you know, a big number, but it's an improvement. And that is the the optimal line that I've found, which is pretty interesting. That's a crazy stat, mate. That Wait. is a crazy... Because for me, if a captain scores 105, I feel like I would feel disappointed. Like my captain this week, Marshall, scored 103. Disappointed. Very disappointed. But... It's crazy to, to think that over the course of the season, if we just like picked 105 as our line and stuck to it, it would we would so have much. a points increase. That's just like a solid because we keep increase. picking worse captains after that. And that's, yeah, that's consistent throughout our entire yeah. our entire league as well. But it's funny because, so like round one, you and me both had VC on uh, Doc who scored 110. We decided not to take that and then captain dunks for a 79. Oh, yeah. sorry, 77. Yeah. And a lot of people also rolled into Laird as their backup captain after that Yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. For his, what, 57. A few weeks ago, I had VC 108 and then I rolled that into a captain 67 from Baz. Just frustrating. It's frustrating to look back on, but it's interesting because, yeah, really anything over the 105 mark, even if someone scores, you know, like, 120, 130. They're not putting many points on that. And that's safer and better than taking the risk of, you know, a player dropping a 70 or a 60 or an injury or any of that horrible stuff that does seem to happen. Yeah. I would say, though, I, I've been thinking about it a little bit since you brought the stats to me. If you think about the fact that the top player this season, Taranto, is now averaging 
125 yep. or around that mark. 124.7. Yeah. Um, if he was your backup captain, then you would you would ha- have net more points if your line was higher. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or if for whatever reason he was your VC in every week, yeah, you would have and your line. You decided you wanted your line to be 105 plus. You would have taken his score in every single week. Yeah. And your captains would be averaging 124.7. Because well, like what I'm saying to you is kind of like. I I just feel like 105 still feels low to me. Maybe that's that's it's, something that's wrong with my brain. It's Even funny. with the stats right in front of me, it just feels like knowing that Taranto could come after. He hasn't he hasn't even low. gone below that all season, has he? Yeah, it feels low. So the other thing that I learned from delving deep into the captain stats is that having a perma captain and VC and just finding a player that's on a on a hot patch seems to be the way to go. It's what Harry, our, our mate who's smashing the captains, has done basically all year. And it's what's, you know, got him to his captain's to average 126. But if you used 115 as your line, you would actually have negative nine points on what you currently have this year. And if I used it as my line, I would currently have negative 86 points on what I have. So even though we say 115 is our line, it's not reflecting in our data from this year. Yeah. And that's pretty consistent throughout our our group as well. Yeah. For Bryson, it's negative 48. Yeah. But I think that's also because, yeah, the two of us especially have a tendency to be like, oh, we want to chase the guy with the big ceiling. Like I keep throwing it on Rowan Marshall because because of that 159 that he dropped earlier in the season. I'm like, yeah, he's going to do an easy matchup. He's going to have a big, big score. Um, when in reality, we should just be throwing it on Taranto. Yeah, I think the play is honestly to find a safe VC and a safe C and just roll with them consistently Yeah. instead of chase these guys with big ceilings because they, they don't seem to pay off very often. I mean, it's only what possibly two or three times a year that you hit an, an absolutely monstrous VC score or C score that'll, you know, be like 160 plus. Yep. You're better off finding a safe player like Taranto who just consistently pumps out 120s. Yeah. I think I think you almost get like addicted to the dopamine rush of those one or two times <laughs> yeah. that you nail it. Like, it feels I nailed, so good. I nailed Zeret like three weeks ago for his one, fi- what was it, 156? He's, he scored a 155 and then a 158. That's right. Yeah, 158. He was my captain for that one. And um, since then, I've just – that like because of that, in a weird way, I haven't wanted to captain Taranto because he's like – I think he only cracked 130 like once or twice before this week. Yeah, he, ha- yeah, he had – Even though he's been like consistent as like just 120 plus for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. It's just um, not it's not massive. Yeah, You're like, oh, I'm, he's not going to drop me a 150 or a 160. Yeah, I get in this like chase mindset and that actually – I wanted to segue into like some lessons that we've learned from this year because we've learned a little bit about our captain selections, but that was kind of feeding into some some ideas that I had of like what what have I, what else have I learned this year? And that's like just not to chase big scores and like not to get emotional when you feel like you're behind in a week because that always happens to me. Like I I feel like I've started poorly on a Thursday and a Friday night, and I'm like, all right, I need a big. You get, score you get, to get silly in, with it. Yeah, to get back into it. I'm like, I just want to have fun or I just want to chase a big score because I want that dopamine rush of it. But really, if I'm just like safe, it'll end up making me happier. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. The, the the smartest way to play fantasy is to try and be a, a bit more emotionless. It is, yeah. You know, not get so high and not get so low when it goes <laughs> right or yeah. wrong. But Yeah, just to let go. And just let let you know let still, things happen. Still enjoy it, but not live in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Um, um, have you got any other kind of lessons or tips or takeaways that you've had from the season so far? I've got a couple more written down, but I thought I'd throw it at you. I've got a lot. So one of them, one of them that I wrote down was the 105 VC line, but yep. that's sort of arbitrary. Like it's, it is different for everyone, obviously. Like it depends year to year. That's just what I found for this year. And it's what I'm going to try and incorporate and see if it actually helps my captain choices from this point on. Yep. Um, but the other thing that sort of ties in with that is just that every point matters. As funny as it sounds, <laughs> like, you know. It's so obvious sounding. But yeah, it is. But like five points here, 10 points there, you know, it all adds up over the course of the season. Yeah. And all these like little micro decisions that you make throughout 24 rounds, you know, compile and, you know, make your season, I guess. For, yeah. Yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't get through that very well, but you know what I mean? Like all these decisions that you make throughout the course of the year determine your rank. And if you're making 100 or – 20 choices wrong it 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 all compiles and yeah it it can it can put you in a bad spot and it's the reason that we're i think ranked poorly this year because we just made a lot of small decisions wrong that have just sort of shifted us back amongst the pack yeah so every point matters with you know bench options loopholes vcs c's all of it it's all important yep all right i've got another one here and it's that boring trades are sexy trades (laughs) it seems weird to say but I think yeah. In my, I was kind, of, I was kind of touching on it before, like always chasing like the big scores and chasing the dopamine rush. And sometimes like I get put off by a player that in my mind feels boring, or someone's like, oh yeah, but they're like not my boy, or they're not that exciting to watch. And they're just like chug along, do their thing. But it's weird how players can become your boy when they start scoring well for you, like Briggsy. Think yeah, things shift in your mind <laughs> when they're actually in your team and just like getting it done for you. You know what I mean? It is sometimes it is the true. boring pick can actually be the sexiest pick. You know, you don't have to like go flying for pods every week. Just keep making your team better. So that's that's another one of my points. Now, another one that I've got here is don't pick a player that has a shaky role. Yeah. Now, that we 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 know this already, but it's what what I'm talking about is players that are like there's indication of a role change, but there's not like confirmation. Are you or referring there's, to there's Bailey a bit of a Smith? Risk. Uh, Bailey Smith is a classic example of that. Like the reason I picked Mills instead of him six or seven rounds ago when it all went wrong was because I was like, oh yeah, Trelaw is coming back in a couple of weeks. Like it's probably a bit of a risk to get Bailey Smith. And yet like a week later, I still did it anyway. Um, but in hindsight, I should have been really strict on that. Like that was my reasoning in the first place. I should have stuck to it because that's exactly what's happened. Trelaw's come in. Bailey Smith's been like bounced out of the midfield and he's just become the shittest pick. Fiorini, another classic example, right? He was on the wing. He scored that 113 and we were all super keen because he was at a good price. He had a low break even. So he was ticking boxes. He had the nice buy. That's we, three boxes that he ticked. Yeah, but we got sucked in by the got, score. We got sucked in by the score when he still was playing on the wing, you know? And in that game, we did flag it. Like everyone had heaps and heaps of marks. Darcy McPherson had like 12 marks that week, something like ridiculous. So obviously he had a big score on the wing, but his role wasn't conducive to like consistent scoring after that. Fife is another example. He had some CBAs last week, played a great game, but like with only a handful of CBAs, like you can't expect consistent high scoring. And what does he come? What does he do? He comes and scores a one, like a, a 47. Yeah, 47. <laughs> 140. <laughs> yeah, I wish, mate. Yeah, that I the, wish. That was the exact reason that I decided to to fade five in the end was because of the uncertain role. And it, uh, yeah, it's, it's a smart rule. Um, I've got two more here. One is just to always go for value. 
we sort of trumpeted that in the preseason, but you see people consistently throughout the year paying top dollar for players that sort of max their price out. And then these players start dropping 90s and 80s and plummet. Like Walsh is a good example from a few weeks ago. I think he hit 960K and now he's down to 830. Um, because nine times out of 10, the, the massive scores that got their price at that point don't continue throughout the entire season. Taranto is an anomaly this year. He's just been awesome all year. Clayton Oliver is another one. He's been awesome all year. But with basically every other player in the comp, it's just not worth paying. Well, people were paying top, price. People were paying top dollar for Goulden a couple of weeks ago as well. Yeah, that's an example. Literally have his profile up right here. <laughs> um, yeah, he's an example. A few people brought him in at 980K and he's a gun and he's been a top six forward throughout the year, but he's not you know, almost a $1 million player. Paying up for that much was always going to kind of yield some some poor results. So always go for value. Try and find guys that you think will be in the in the top of their line, but that are lesser in price. It's funny that you bring up that point because my the, my final point is kind of the inverse of that. Not quite the inverse, but like well, it's, there's like a middle ground. <laughs> no, no, there's like a middle ground. So this is, I'll say the point first and then I'll explain why I said what I just said. So it's, it's far better to buy a wonderful player at a fair price than a fair player at a wonderful price. Yeah, it's it's not the inverse. I know exactly what you're saying. But I, I, what I yeah, what I'm trying to say is obviously like you're saying, don't pay top dollar for someone because they're overpriced. But what I'm saying is we can also fall in the trap of like trying too hard to get like this home run pick, like this guy that's like absolutely dirt cheap that's gonna become a primo. Whereas sometimes it's it's better to like find that middle ground player, like the underpriced primo versus like the, I don't know, like the Fife type pick where it's like, oh mate, his price is too good to be true. Like what if he comes good and he's like a midfield Fife and he averages 85 for like five weeks yeah, for us or yeah. 90 for five weeks. And it's like, it's, you're trying to go for this home run never, pick. That was never going to happen. No, those, those sorts of numbers. No. I, know, I know what you mean. As opposed to like a Lockie Neal. I mean, they're, they're totally different price points, but what I'm saying is like Lockie Neal is Lockie Neal. He's a wonderful player at like a, a good price for what he can do. You're saying? But there's no risk attached to it, you know? <laughs> you, you're basically saying exactly what I'm saying, just in a very different way. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe. Like w- my point was pay for guys who are going to be near the top of their line but are underpriced. Lockie Neal was, what, 830K a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. Like that's that's always going to be a good pick because it's a guy who can average 105 plus and he's priced, you know, in like the 90 range. Yeah. Those sorts of picks – almost always hit for underpriced primos. They're so much better than paying, you know, I would rather that than paying, what, 980K for Tom Green like yeah. two weeks ago. And yeah. he, and he's dropped, he scored less points than Neil yeah. in that time. You know yeah. what I mean? I guess it's like, I guess what we're saying is you're, you're more likely over the course of the season going to nail good picks if you're picking guys who are, say, like 70 to 80K underpriced because of like one or two bad weeks as opposed to a guy who's like 200K underpriced because... They're shit. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> you know, or yeah, has gone on a crazy run to start the season and is like 150K overpriced. Yeah. 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 Great. Awesome. I, I feel like that's some, that's some good discussion. A, a lot of different things sort of compiled into that. I had one more rule, <laughs> which right, was go. pay up for rookies. Don't get stuck bringing in basement guys at, at 200K because they flop regularly and it's so frustrating. Roberts, Mullen, Drury, all guys that we brought in at different times this year and have been out of the team, can't find their way in. And then you're forced just trying to either wait or 
get into the buy rounds when you have three trades a week to move them on. Yeah, it, it cooks your season pretty badly. Yeah, yeah. You, you just have to wait until you see data from rookies and then determine which ones get, are going to have solid JS and jump on them once they've gone up in price a bit. Don't jump on guys playing like their first and second games that you don't know, have maybe an inconsistent role or inconsistent JS. All right, we're going to move on to our player discussion. And I'll tell you what, I think we could both do with a little cheeky prime, <laughs> juicy prime, zesty drink, a prime. <laughs> They're just good, man. The, the ice pop flavor, ice cold cherry. That would just be, that would be delicious right about now. <laughs> For a bit of context, we had, we had such a funny discussion or funny incident before the podcast where Keeves was like, have you tried the new energy drink prime? Well, it's not energy drink here. It's just like a hydration drink. Hi- like a, Electrolyte drink. Yeah. That's the, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we got it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I have never tried Prime and you're like, it's the tastiest it's thing good. you've ever it's tried. It's good stuff, And man. we literally <laughs> we literally hopped in the car, stopped the footy, hopped in the car to go get it, sold out. Couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. What a disappointing occurrence, man. I got Story of my week, mate. I jeeped myself up so much for some Prime. I was keen. I was keen <laughs> for that icy cherry, ice pop. It's my jab, man. And we didn't get it and now I'm upset. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe that's why the, the pod has been heated at the start. Yeah, we just needed some prime. That's mate. why we hot-baked each other. <laughs> we, didn't get our, we didn't get our special drink. <laughs> All right, let's 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 move on to our player discussion. So the first player on the list is Jack Sinclair, 846K. I feel like it's a no-brainer. He's had two good weeks in a row. Yeah, the awesome thing about Sink is that his BA was decently high. So... Even though he's had two great weeks in a row, he's only risen about 10K in that time, which is just awesome. He's still absolutely prime <laughs> for the picking. Um, yeah, I just, he's probably the cheapest, like, lock to be a top six defender, I would say, that, that you're going to get this week. I'm just, I'm super keen to bring him in. He's in my team right now. Well, that's what I was going to say. He's easily, easily the pick of the defenders to bring in. Like, you look at the other ones that have had their buy. There's just none that you'd get. Um, and the other top six defender locks um, are very expensive. Yeah, are very expensive or either that or they have their buy this week like Doherty. Um, so Sinclair, he's the one to grab. Saints play West Coast or Optus next week as well. So <laughs> week after this one, that could be a juicy matchup for Sink. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll move on to the next one on the list. Now you threw this one onto the list because you wanted to chat about him. I don't know what you want to say, but you wanted to talk about Shizu at 758K. Yeah, so he scored 98 this week against the Dogs. He was top scoring for a, a vast majority of the game and then really slowed down in the second half. I think he had a 30-point second half. I just, I'm just, i currently trading. He's in my trade plans. I'm just interested to see what you think. I know he's not in your team anymore, but is he a guy that we could hold on to, you think, for you know, coming towards the back end of the season? Like, do, do you move him off now while he's got value? Is he going to be around the mark for the top six? It's sort of hard to know what to make of him at the moment. I reckon hold him, man. Like, if you consider the fact that he's already, like, around the mark of a top six defender, there's no Aaron Hall in the team. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see why you would trade. Like, who, who are you going to trade him to? Sinclair. Ah, well, you could <laughs> yes. you could argue that Sinclair is like 
definitely going to be top six. It's funny. So Shees is actually currently the fifth highest averaging defender on the year. Well, there you go. Sinclair is seventh. So based on that, it's like a a sideways trade because there's only 0.5 between them. But I don't know. I think Sink is about to go on a bit of a run. I'm keen on. And Shees, yeah, his recent form is not as good as his early form. He currently has a five-round average of 89.6. So yeah, but I see him being like a still, high 80s, low 90s guy for the rest of the year, not what he has been averaging to this point. I don't I don't think he's going to sustain that. Man, but the defenders are, are so much weaker than the other lines that even 89 is like, it's probably top uh, top eight to 10. Nah, not, not that high. Really? Top 15. So there's currently... Really? You, riff for a second while I do some counting. <laughs> oh God, what do I say? Riff, 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 raff, riff, 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 riff. That was the worst riffing I've ever heard I in my can't. life. You, you just don't, you don't have the time for it, mate. I do not. So, there's currently 16 defenders averaging above 90. There Six, you go. 16 defenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if she's is a high 80s guy for the rest of the year, even a low 90s guy, he's in like a very big mix of, of players. But how many of them are averaging over 100? There's only four currently averaging over. That's 100. what I mean. See, the gap between where she's is and like the top top of the line is what, maybe ten to fifteen points tops. Yes, you've yeah. As opposed to what Bailey Smith is averaging, and, yeah, and the top forwards like that. Yeah, that's more of a priority. But not everyone has Bailey Smith in their team. No, but what? I, yeah, well, you brought up the discussion for your team. I'm oh no, I, I, I'm just saying he's a low priority guy in my mind. I brought it up. Generally, yeah, yeah, sorry, but it relates to my team also. <laughs> selfish, you're a selfish dog. Now, nah, so I think for me, you can move off she's if it suits your team. Like, personally, there's no one else better for me to trade this week. Like, I'm trading out Baz, I'm also trading out she's, but I don't have any other players that really justify moving on this week. So, I think you can move him on if you're moving him to yeah. Sinclair. Like, you know, it's going to cost you a little bit of money, but I do think Sink is probably five to ten points better than him for the rest of the year yeah. at minimum. Um, yeah, I think she's is maxed out in price and it's a good time to move it's a nice, It's a nice little upgrade that you get maybe 10, 10 points on top of. Yeah, but unless Sinclair goes on a big run like you think, then then it's a great trade. And if you're – if you also get the weird satisfaction of not having a rookie on your field anymore even though she's is averaging 98. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next player and we've got the Wang – the Wang Nasaya Wanganin Miller. What did you want to discuss? The Wang Mill. Um, I kind of just wanted to flag that I still think he's a great option this week. <laughs> I thought he was good last week. He only got his 75. It was pissing down though. Exactly. He was on 58 at halftime, which I've already said. Um, I just think he's a good option. I could see him doing like 90, at least 90 for the rest of the year, to be honest. He's almost doing that now. Um, just the way that he racks up, he gets back takes kick-ins, like gets cheap plus sixes. He does all the things that you want to see from a defender. 759K, it's just such a nice price range. If you're strapped for cash, I think he's one that you could definitely bring in this week mm-hmm. and hope that he doesn't clobber anyone again. <laughs> like a silly man. <laughs> yep. All right, next on the list is Wind Hager at 375K. And I'm just going to say, I think he's a fantastic pick. I think you're going to say the exact same thing. Has your mind been changed? I know last week you were skeptical. 
Was I skeptical? You certainly were skeptical, no. mate. You, but you, was I, maybe I was skeptical on the podcast, but during the week I was I really wanted to bring him into my team, but I just couldn't make it work. We had a ch- we had a chat about the the underpriced options, and you were l- less keen on Windy and more keen on like Fife, which is true because that's what you went with in the end. Yeah, that was that D- was a don't a money deny thing. That was a money thing, but what you wanted? I was keen less on money. Windhager. You wanted less. I'll go money. through our messages. <laughs> you wanted less money. <laughs> That's yeah. That's what I like too, to be honest. And just the least money I can have, the better. <laughs> You're a dog, mate. No, All right, we're moving on. No, we're not. We're, 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 we're actually no. We're not. We're calling we're, the pod here. We're I'm st- going home. <laughs> we're still on windy. So he had the most CBAs for the Saints. He scored an 85. He played 86 percent tog. He was racking up. He honestly could have scored more points. He he had so many possessions in the first half where he got tackled that led to ball ups. Like it, it was actually getting frustrating. So I'm glad he turned it on the second half. But with the high CBAs and the high tog, man, I honestly could see him averaging 80 plus from here. Like maybe slightly un- under that, but he, he's coming off a career best game. He looked awesome all game. He's got the role. He's got the tog. You literally couldn't ask for more. We People were considering Johnson and Fife at similar prices weeks gone by that didn't have anywhere near the role that Windhag has got at the moment. So I think he, he big tick, huge yeah, tick. He's possibly the best player. I think like the number one option to bring in this week. Wow. Big raps. All right. Next player. We're going to talk about Jack Steele, the flog doom on him. 794 K he's down to. Do you trade him out? Do you trade him out? Well, I, I can't, man. I, I would. Can't. Yeah, I would. I, w- I would too, but I can't. Again, I've got stupid (laughs) Bailey Smith and his stupid long hair and Jack Zeeble and his old man body. Look, Zeebs has been phenomenal this year. Zeebs has been great. He's just slowed down. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, Look, if I was a steel owner, I would be rapidly trying to get him out of my team. Uh, To be honest, I would prioritize moving on steel over those two guys because he's got a knee injury. He's got an Achilles injury. He's... Like quite clearly hobbling on the ground. He's they not said do- he's been really sore as well. He's not doing what he's what he should be doing. Like he's clearly playing hurt. I, last, it's funny because last week I thought he was all right, but after this week, like the mail that's come out of the Saints and seeing the game, I'm just all the way off steel. If he was in my team, he'd he'd be number one priority and move on. He's going to tank in price. It's just looking very, very bad. There's so many, there's red flags all over the place yeah. for steel owners. Man, I'm upset and I've only owned him for two weeks. I can't imagine any of the people that have owned him for five weeks that paid like 960K for him. I'll um I'll go to therapy with you guys. Um, all right, next player on our list is Nat Fife, another one of the boys in my team. <laughs> 456K. Uh, what do you say, man? Like, well, don't get him for a start. Yeah, um, I th- I think five. I, I think he'll get better, honestly. Yeah, I was gonna say I think he's better than forty-seven. He had a bad game. Freo got absolutely smacked by the Giants. He's definitely better than that, but yeah, I think expectations are probably a little bit too high. Maybe he's a seventy guy. He might even be less than that. He really needs those CBAs to to be a solid scorer. Yep. And unless something changes, it's not looking like he's going to be in that that sort of A mix for Freo. Mm-hmm. All right, I've got an interesting name for you next. Tom Mitchell at 875K. I've flirted with him as a plan for this week. He's a three-round average of 119, five-round average of 112. Is the pig back? The pig is not back. No? The the pig is a a 129 average player. (laughs) 
The pig is the pig is maybe a 105 plus now, which is enough to bring in at the price if you're keen. I like Titch. He's not in my plans, but you know, I'd I'd happily bring him into my team. I think he could be around the top eight mid mix. I don't think he's quite at that level, but yeah, I, I think he's not too far off. And certainly he'll have games where he flashes the the good old days of of snoutery. Man, I want to ride or die with the pig in my team, man. It would be a nice unique to have. You yeah. definitely you definitely could take the risk. And he's he's a touch cheaper than you know, Petraka and Oliver yeah. and all these other top eight options. So if you want to save a little bit of cash and have some fun, Titch is probably a solid option for you. Man, he's like, he's really in calculations for me because I, I need a mid around the high 800K mark. And I'm looking at either Titch or Brad Crouch. And I think they're both like 105 guys. Yeah, if that if if it's out of those two, I'd be going with Titch to be honest. I, I'm a, a very happy Brad Crouch owner, and I love I love the man. But their prices are getting closer together. Like what, what I think Crouch is mid five, uh, mid eight hundreds now, like eight fifty something, um, maybe just under. But yeah, I, I I think Titch is probably a touch more reliable. Like we saw Brad Crouch only a few weeks ago go on a run of five sub hundred scores in a row. <laughs> yeah. Titch is not doing that. No. So. All right, next name on the list that you wanted to talk about is Hayden Young at 775K. <laughs> I kind of just wanted to warn people away from him. Yeah, don't well, yeah. If, you know, if there is people that were still considering, I think this game really was enough to just show that he's not going to be a top 6 defender. He's had a super inconsistent year Hayden Young, but he only scored 11 points in the second half after being on 68 at halftime. There was a lot of chirpy owners on Twitter. It was actually kind of funny. <laughs> a lot of chirpy owners on Twitter at halftime that were quickly put back in their box. Yeah, man, Hayden Young is the ultimate fantasy tease. I feel like at some point he will have a legit breakout. I would say he so. He shows he's got signs all the tools. All the t- all the time he shows signs, but yeah, if if you're an owner you're not trading now, but you probably want to jump off like soon after the buys. Yeah, but that's, that's my thoughts. He'd be he'd be a, a priority after the buy for sure. Yeah. All right, here's a risky one for you. Elliot Yo at 605K. I think this is only an option if you are in like desperate need of moving someone on. Like that's if, me, mate. That's me this week. But who? Who who are you moving on to him? You told me Baz. You're considering trading Baz to Yo. Baz or Zebel? That's a hot nah. This it frees no up way. so much money to it's not enough. I it's, can get a rookie up to Titch. It's it, but it's just not enough. You're gonna go Zebes, who's averaging high nineties, to Yo, who's played, I think, three good games, three good fantasy games in like two years. <laughs> He's just he's so wow, injured. You're ice cold on Yo. I love Yo. Like he he's Do you? I do, mate. But I don't love him. You're a fake fan. As a fantasy option. You're a fake option. friend. I don't I don't love him as a fantasy option this year. It just doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to me now at this point in the season. It's an unnecessary risk. We were all red hot. Like he was literally one of the most owned players in the whole preseason. And he's he's cheaper. It's not enough. It's, he's 20K cheaper than that starting point. Yeah, but in pre... He's a three-round average above 90. In preseason, the thing that you're not understanding right now, my cousin, is your team's littered with rookies, cheap mid-prices. Right now, most people's teams are like 20 primos, two, one or two rookies or mid-prices. Like, there's no, there's no value in bringing in Yo now. What, what's he going to do for your team? Even if he scores in the 90s, he's going to make a little bit of money, but he's not a top six... 
He's not going to. He's probably not going to be close to the top six realistically for the rest of the year. He has an inconsistent role. He sometimes plays full back and is capable of getting injured on a tiny score or just dropping a dead stinker and dropping like a forty or a fifty on you. Just doesn't make any sense. I I wouldn't go anywhere near it. Interesting. All right, Keeves has had the final say on that one. Oh, the only. <laughs> I'm, I'm having another final say. <laughs> if you're like an Atkins owner then maybe you could consider bringing in Yo because it's similar price and Yo definitely has more upside than Atkins. But I wouldn't be going anyone down to him. Interesting. All right. Next name. And this is one of our boys. Baba Yaga, Ben Keys, Benjamin, 675K. He's played inside mid for what, three? All right. It's time for the Ben Keys check-in for this week. What are you talking about? This week... Ben Keys did not play. He had the buy. He enjoyed some time off. He maybe sipped some wine with some friends and he just lived the life, mate. That's all we need to know. <laughs> Moving on. That's ridiculous. Okay, but what do you th- what do you think of him as an option? What do you mean? For this week. Just, it's Ben Keys, mate. <laughs> of course. Everyone, get him in your team. Yeah. Immediately. I, I mean, I don't disagree with you, even though you're being comedic. Um, all right, next name, Darcy Cameron, 691K, yes or no? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I I was concerned as an owner when he came up, up against Melbs, but he dropped the 96, was solid in the ruck, solid around the ground. He's had the week off now to get a bit more fitness under his belt after being injured for most of the year. Just ticks every box there is. Yeah, he's, he really passed the eye test in both smashed games it. that he's played. Absolutely so smashed I, it. I think he's actually going to have a really, really nice end to the season. That's just my personal opinion. He's at a great price, so I think you really could do it coming off his buy. Yep. All right, next name on the list, Will Day. Now, this is funny because literally last week, quite a lot of people were talking about him as a trade-out option, which was perfectly valid. But what do you think of him as a trade-in <laughs> option now? It's funny. <laughs> it, it, so his dip in scoring prior to the buyers, pretty easily explained. It's because he was copying much more defensive attention. It's Not a lot of teams have tagged this year, but Day's actually copped a few, which is pretty interesting. Um, I just I like him coming off the buy. He's still very reasonably priced at 748. I think, I think he could maintain close to a 95 average for the rest of the year. Hope that defensive attention sort of goes away and he gets le- left to his own devices a bit more. But I think... What we saw at the start of the year was real. I think he's that good of a player. And, yeah, I could see him hanging around the top six, not quite being in the top six for the rest of the year. But, yeah, a top 10 guy, and he's certainly cheap enough to justify bringing in. The fact that he has been getting more defensive attention than Bont is just wild to me. It's <laughs> I don't, I, You just can't explain it. Sometimes the things that happen in the league, mate, you try to predict tags and it just – you yeah. just can't. You, you just can't yeah. predict it. Yeah, I think I think Will Day is going to go on a bit of a nice run. Ninety-five average is that what you reckon? Yeah, close to. I, I think the, the average that he has now for the year, he maintains and yeah. probably shows a bit less of a floor if he if he maintains the CBAs, which I, I think he's shown enough now that we we just know he's going to be a first choice mid. He's he's so good, man. He really is so so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a phenomenal player. All right, next one, Nick Martin at seven hundred and ninety-nine k coming off the buy and. Listen to his last month of scores. 114, 111, 124, and 104. No, it's not for me. He's an outside runner. They're, they're inconsistent scorers. He's, he's, 
on a bit of a hot patch of form, and he's a great player, Nick. Martin. He's a stud, mate. He's but, so good, but he's just not. He's. I don't think he's a fantasy option. I, uh, I, I wouldn't bring him into. You'd my expect team. a couple of low scores in there, just just due to his role, right? We talked about it before. Role, yeah, yeah. You got to use the role when you're you're paying seven hundred ninety nine k for this player. You want him to be a primo. Um. All right. Next player on the list. Could you, if he's back this week, pick Callum Mills? If you're in a pickle, no, no, no. Nah. Just flat. He's seven hundred and thirty nine. Doesn't matter. You know, he his role was inconsistent before the injury. Now he has a monster BA of one. I think one forty nine is the BA. I'm I'm waiting to see if he's back. There's no way you would jump on him before he's played another game. He's coming off a calf injury. He yeah. There's just so many red yep. flags there. Yeah, that's absolutely the sensible thing. And as someone who took the risk on going on Jack Steele, don't don't go through the pain of jumping on someone that you don't know for certain what they're going to do. He's probably He'll probably be managed on his way back in with his time on ground and things like that. So, yep. wait, just wait. All right, we have a couple more names that we want to discuss. And these are not targets for this week, but if you want to like get your plans in order for your trades after the buys, these are some guys who are on the buy this week that we think are worth discussing. Now, the first player on the list is Paddy Cripps at 679K. Yeah, so he's coming off a 110, and he was, I think, quite clearly best on ground in the game today against the Suns. He averaged 102 last year. This it, 679K is so, so cheap for a player of Cripps' caliber. I think he could at least do 95 plus. The week off is probably going to do him so much good. I think, yeah, 95 plus from here to the rest of the year is is very, very easily achievable. The way that he started this year, he started this year in, in some incredible form, kind of just continued on with that Brownlow form. And I'm not too sure what led to the the dip that he's had over the, the few weeks prior to this one. But he's, you know, he's a primo. He's that price. I just think it's it's too hard to ignore. Yeah, so I've got the stat here. He averaged 101.9 from his first seven games this year. So he really just continued on from where he left off in that Brownlow year. Had that dip, but yeah, I, th- I think that's closer to what he is for the rest of the year. All right. Now, speaking of Brownlow medalists, the next name on our list, and we talk about him every week because he's our beloved nincompoop. It's Ollie Wines at 719K. And I guess this is a good time to do our nincompoop check-in. Now this week, Ollie scored 98 points, which is a very, very cheeky effort from the big fella. So close to his first ton of the season. He's still on the non-ton run, but he's just getting better and better every week. And that is why he's on our discussion for players to target after the buy. Yeah, so he currently has a six-round average of 89.7, the nincompoop. I've, I've already said, I think he's at least a 93-plus for the rest of the year. That was my bold prediction <laughs> from a couple of weeks ago. He's still very cheap. I, I would, yeah, he's another one that I'm sort of keen to to have a, a good look at after the buy. Played some solid games in a row, so. Yeah, he is starting to put some form together. All right, next name on the list. Harry Himmelberg at 570K. Now, we talked about him last week. Uh, like I'm just going to start by saying I think he's a great option coming off the bye. He played defense again. He junked it up late. I think 80 is an absolute minimum. Yeah, there's not really too much to say that we didn't say last week. I think he's, you know, 
personally, I think he's an 85 plus. He's played three solid games in a row. He has the form from last year. He averages 96 in the role. So it's it's a no-brainer for me at the price. Yep. Fantastic. All right. The last name. There's two more names. Two more names. All right. I've only got one more in mind, so you're going to have to lead the last one. The last name on my list is Sam Walsh at 828K. Now, obviously, he's in poor, poor form, but I think we say it all the time, coming off the bye after a little cheeky rest, it's often when form kind of resets itself, a player can get going, and a player of Sam Walsh's caliber isn't going to keep playing this poorly. But it's pretty funny. Like, we see a lot of guys on Twitter. We've heard Roy talk about it from the traders, like, if you're an owner, you're frustrated, you probably want to trade this week. But us non-owners are super, super keen. Very interested. Yeah, very, very interested in him in two two or three weeks' time. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, the 133 BE means that I'll probably have a look at him after the buy. Um, and as soon as he shows any sort of fantasy form, he'll be in my team. Yeah, well, he's already low 800s. That's so cheap. Exactly. But yeah, who, who's your last name? Nick Newman. So he's 737K. He scored 95 this week. He's got a B of 126. Um, the reason that he's so cheap is because he got injured and subbed off on a 27 uh, in his second last game. Then had a few weeks off his comeback. But he's other than that, he's averaging 95 on the year. He's dropped a 160 this year. He's playing that like junky half-back role at Carlton, which is – Historically led to some pretty solid fantasy scores. Obviously, we know what Doc does. I What's just, he priced at? You didn't say? 737K. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So B is still 126. So he's another one that I think you could wait. Um, if he scores another 90 off the buy, he drops even more in price at really low 700Ks. I'm, I'm very, very interested in Newman as well. He's hung around the top six defenders for the whole year. And if he keeps doing it, he's you know 200K less than some of them. So he's, he's an option for cash-strapped coaches in defense. Fantastic. All right, that wraps up our Knights of the Roundtable for this week. All right, now it's time to segue to the Cousins Crystal Ball. Professor Filoni, he will return tonight. Sorry? All right, you know what it is. It's the Cousins Crystal Ball. Now, last week, Jados, you inaccurately predicted that Butters would be subbed with an ankle injury on exactly 54 points in the second quarter. <laughs> what have you got to say for yourself, mate? I'm, I'm claiming half a point on this one. He did you, hurt himself. You muzzed him. And he had <laughs> – I did, I did put a muzzle on him, yeah. He also had a poor score. So as a non-owner, big tick. Look, mate, it, it was <laughs> – you, pre- you, you predicted Butters to be slightly down, but you did say you didn't want any leeway. It was an exact prediction. I, I offered to give you something. You didn't take it, so you don't get a point. <laughs> My prediction from last week, though, was Jack Steele would be a top eight mid for the rest of the year. And you I, cannot take that. I'm retracting this. No, based, no, no this is the case for it. Let me argue my case. You already tried. I started, yeah, and it's a fair argument, mate. There was already news about the injuries that we didn't know about. The, the news was already a thing, and then it came out after I made my prediction. So having known the information that was already out there, 
well, it was known to the Saints, but not out into the open. If I knew that, I wouldn't have made the prediction. And so as soon as I knew, even before the game, I wanted to retract it. And I said that to you. And you said no retractions. But I am retracting it. It's out. It's done. It's not It's not a thing. All right. Okay. That's all right. Lawyered. Yep. All right. So <laughs> hit us with your prediction for this week, mate. I've actually got two this week. The first is that Tim Taranto gets pig status this year. I know I've already made a pig status prediction, but sometimes... <laughs> One of them is very wrong. So, sometimes you just have to, you know, spray bullets everywhere and something's going to hit. And um, I, I'm actually very confident on this one. Tim Taranto, he's, he's building so well, man. 125 average. He does not look like slowing down. He hits every stat line. Um, I'm talking about him like I'm trying to sell him as a pick, but honestly, like, yeah, he's just a freak. Look, I reckon he gets pig status. I've got one with Timmy T as well, and it's that Taranto is going to score the most tons ever in a season. There you go. So he's going to. If break... he does that, he'll get pig status. Yeah. So it's kind of like a joint cousins bold prediction. There you go. We can put, oh, put that one out there for the happy. people. That's nice. It is. Do you have another one? I do actually. And oh. then it's that All right. Nat Five drops a ton this week. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no. I'm not. I don't even want leeway on that. I'm just saying Nat Five drops a ton this week. So he's gone the no leeway again. Five on the Bombers. You reckon he drops a ton at Optus? I do. Does he play midfield? Yeah. All not right. not like full time, but he'll get like a good good chunk of midfield time. Kick a few snags. More than this week. How much did he have exactly this Ooh, week? I think he had ten CBAs. Ten, eight, eight or I ten just, CBA. I just think he had a poor game. I, I'm I'm going to ride it out with Nat. All right. Yeah. Take that, Jimmy. Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take that. <laughs> you just brought up something that was just not in my mind at all, but that's pretty funny. We have we for the listeners. We do have a friend, Jimmy, um, and he's a bit of a five hater this year. Me and him have had constant back and forth on our on our group about five and where we see him for the rest of the year. And if it turns up, that's going to be a big F you to the to the. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, all right. I'll give I'll give that to you, mate. A hundred a hundred plus. We'll see. We'll we'll report back next week and see how it goes. I've got another one too, and it's that Clary will return this week for a one twenty five plus on Geelong in Geelong. Wow. Okay. It's it's sort of bold, but he has a great record against Geelong. But he's returning it from a layoff. Playing in Geelong, one twenty-five plus. He's going to do it. He's just going to come back in, and it's going to be like nothing. Nothing changed. I feel like a one twenty-five for Clary is nowhere near as bold as like a ton for Fife in a return game. What about a one thirty? I'll give you one. We'll go one thirty. If right. it's anything less, I'm not giving no, you the point. I'm happy to go one thirty. All right, <clears throat> bang, sold. It's done. Deal. Auction done. We've made it. <laughs> Those are our predictions for this week. No, 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 they're not. We're going back. I'm going back on my retraction. I'm retracting the retraction. Jack Steele, top eight mid for the rest of the year. I'm standing by my pick. He's going to do it. Knee strapped, Achilles pain, injured and all. He's going to get it done for the big J Caves. He's going to be a top eight mid. <laughs> he's going to fin- He's going to have to go crazy to he's get got, there. He's 150 this week. 150 this week, I'm telling you, mate. That's not, it's not a bold prediction. It's a fact. <laughs> it's still on. So I'm, no backsies. No, that, should, that should be our rule. No backsies. I'm sticking by it. For steel. the crystal ball. I believe. It, you cannot retract. I still believe. Yeah. Only double <laughs> downs. All right. Let's segue on to fantasy proverbs. Fantasy proverbs. 
Fantasy Proverbs. Okay, so last week I talked about pigs being loving, lovely animals that we all love, we all adore, and they make sweet noises when we caress pet, them, <laughs> pet them, <laughs> caress them. Yeah, um, it was a bit of a goofy proverb that one, but I've got some serious ones this week. This some, some real cold, hard wisdom. This week you're going to caress Titch into your team. I am indeed, mate. He's sitting in there right now. Please um, do it. I will. All right. So my proverb for this week is from none other than Marcus Aurelius. The more we value things outside our control, the less control we have. Now, I feel like this is just, this is just for myself, really. I just needed to hear this this week. I do my best, my very best, to have a good team, improving it constantly, picking players who I think are good picks, getting rid of the dogs. But, mate, I, what what can I do about the genuine sputtery that occurred with my team this week? <laughs> uh, honestly, they dish up utter, utter shite. Still averages 74 for me in the two weeks that I've had him. Baz averages who knows, but it's nothing <laughs> not a lot no it's not a lot at all it's just like man i'm i'm getting rid of my rookies but i'm just bringing in these absolute spuds and then i think i just need to let go because i just can't, i can't control still being that bad seems like you're having another sook to be honest i'm having a sook yeah <laughs> anyway that's it's not, my, it's that's not, my wisdom it's not very proverby is it <laughs> what what do you mean <laughs> this is my wisdom i'm just going to i'm just going to whinge i'm just saying like I'm just letting go. All right. I'm going to hit you with some real wisdom right, right now. So I've, 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 in a way, I'm continuing my trend of kind of having meme, meme proverbs. Last week, I had Gangster's Paradise. I've had Dodgeball and Anchorman. This week, I'm going with a comedian, Tom Segura. The quote is this. If you chase a dream and it doesn't work out, you'll still be fulfilled by the pursuit. And what that means is we all want to win a car. We all want to win a hat. Only 100 people can win hats a year. One person wins a car each year. It's very likely that neither of us will win a hat in our entire fantasy careers. Just, Don't say that. Just being honest. I'm not Don't being negative. Don't say that. But statistically, that is the truth. But the key to fantasy is to enjoy the game. Let your dreams motivate you, but enjoy the journey. Let it fulfill you. The pursuit of a hat, playing fantasy week to week, watching the scores tick over. It's a fun time. We love fantasy, all of us. Everyone listening to this podcast is a, is a fantasy nuffy. We love the game. Be fulfilled, people, by the pursuit. Don't get caught up in, in chasing the dreams blindly and enjoy the now. Chase your dreams, but be, be in the moment. Be in the pursuit. Be fulfilled, mate. <laughs> just let I, it. You, you've left me speechless. Just let it. <laughs> Neither of us know what to say after that. Just let that it, was fantastic. Just let it overcome you, mate. Yeah. Wow. All right. That No, I actually really needed to hear that. That makes me feel good. I have one more for you, cuz. Another one? Yeah. The I, double proverb. I got it very, very last minute. I actually, <laughs> it's from a magnet that I saw on your fridge Okay. <laughs> about an hour ago. All right. It's a picture of a blue Smurf looking female Buddha. <laughs> and it says, you know what it says, don't you? No, I don't. It says, I don't even know. No, no, it's on my fridge and it I says, don't even know. Let that shit go. <laughs> and it really oh. hit me in the field. I was like, you know what? Yes, Smurf Buddha. 
I do need to let that shit go. If you're a fellow Jack Steel owner, this is my message to you. Let it go, man. Like, don't don't let it get you down. Be fulfilled by the pursuit, mate. That's it. Yeah. Keep, listen to Keebs' advice, not mine. Let that shit go. Yeah, let that shit go, brother. Smurf Buddha. All right. <laughs> I think that's a good time to wrap it up. Oh, okay. If you've been listening, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate all of you guys. Follow us on Twitter at the Cousins Pod. At the Cousins Pod. Um, good luck for round 15. We hope you guys have a great round. It's the final round of the buyers. We're almost there, and then we're back to business as usual. And the cousins are gonna fucking emerge I still, from the buyers. I still believe. Yep. I still believe. I still believe. Thank you to Tom Segura for your beautiful quotes. He's a your funny, beautiful wisdom. A funny, funny and wise man. Thank you, Marcus Aurelius. Thank you, Smurf Buddha. And on that note, we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin.